0: The following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, there we go. Whoa, feedback. This is ugly, Phil. What are you waiting for? The rubber, Room. do it! Triple M.
1: No, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you're out in the street with a microphone, people will believe any old bullshit you tell them. So I grabbed Justin, who works in the sales department, and I said, Put on your suit, put on your tie, come downstairs with me. Let's talk to the people because I want to introduce you to the people in the neighbourhood. Just introducing people to uh, this is Steve Perry. Which is Steve Perry? Um, he was the original keyboardist from
2: Dr. Hook. Dr. Hook?
1: Yeah.
2: Sounds great. Had some great fun. Did you enjoy your time as a comedian? Oh, it was great.
1: I'm Phil from Triple M. I'm just introducing people to Steve Perry. He was the first Australian in space. Oh, nice, man. Wow. Do you have anything you'd like to ask him? Uh, No, I was just looking at news last week that the guy who came after a few hours and he he couldn't walk properly because of, um, you know, the gravity. The
3: gravity, yeah. It marks you around, that's for sure. Um, How how long did you go? uh, About three
4: weeks. Three weeks, wow. Nice, man. Good to meet good you. Time. Yeah, really nice to meet yeah, you. just
1: introducing him to people in the neighborhood. Alright, that's yeah, good. Great. Thank Thanks you. So this is Steve Perry. I'm just introducing him to people hey, yeah. from the neighborhood. He was the guy from the Mad Max film who said, It's a lovely day. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Have you seen Mad Max? Um, the newest one? No, no, it was the oh. original. Oh, a long time ago. I can't yeah. really remember too much about it. He was the guy in the film that went, It's a lovely day. Okay, fair enough.
5: Fantastic.
4: Yeah, it was great, it was great. Yeah. It's it's
1: great. That, how's that doing for you? It's, it's, been, really
4: yeah, it's just, been really good.
1: I'm just I'm introducing good. him to people in the neighborhood just so they can, you know, they can oh, yeah. meet Steve. Yeah, yeah no. I'll, oh, alright, I'm gonna <laughs> take that one, yeah. run with people it. People That's awesome, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excellent. I'm just introducing Steve Perry to people in the neighborhood. He's the guy who invented Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yeah. You invented it. You should be a billionaire. (laughs) Getting interviewed by Phil. Thanks very much for Wi-Fi. We use it every day. (laughs) I'm just introducing people to Steve Perry. Have you got a sec? (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I've got to go back up to work. He was the original keyboardist from Dr Hook. Cool. Nice Nice to
0: to meet you. you. Have a
1: great evening. Steve was the first Australian in space. Yeah. Sorry? Steve was the first Australian in space.
0: Space? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's a very pleasure (laughs) to see you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel, sir? It was a good experience. Good experience? And uh, are you not feared or anything, something? A little bit in the beginning, you know. The takeoff's pretty, pretty full-on. Yeah. But it was great. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. I remember you, you. yeah.
1: (laughs) This came in. I thought it was a very interesting story because it demands a punchline. Because a woman apparently battered her husband to death with a frog, but it lay undetected for 18 years. Until one day she was talking to a friend of hers and the friend said, I thought you two would have killed each other by now. And she said, well, it's funny you should say that. I did kill him. I battered him with a frog. He was driving me mad. Which, of course, brings us to this. Although I don't know how we're going to go with this. Okay, 13353 woman batters husband to death with a frog and she said the police think that... I'm Fibian about it.
6: Ah, oh, that's genius. Is that,
1: is that good? Yeah? Okay. That's awesome. Right. Okay, so a woman batters husband to death with a frog. What have you got, Sammy X? He
6: croaked it. Oh, croaked
1: it is good as well. Although it. maybe it's all been used up. What's the So a woman batters her husband to death with a frog. How are you? Death, thanks, woman batters husband to death with a frog. What's the punchline?
0: Turns out she was a tad
3: Nathan! Hey, Phil, how are ya? What have you got? Initial police reports thought he might have committed suicide.
1: Permit <laughs> How are you, Peter? Pretty easy. Yep. She caned him to death. Caned him! Hey, Dwayne. Hey, yo. Sammy X has prefaced this with the fact that you've got the best one of the night, so you better be good.
0: Okay, so the hopping mad wife, fatal frog flog.
1: <laughs> have a look at yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. Dave? i told you you once I towed you twice as she committed the crime
1: you had me on
0: towed there you go there were punchlines
1: there's a brand new Jeff Buckley album it's actually an album of demos that were released as Jeff was getting ready to basically start his career the album's out called You Am I Uh, I beg your pardon, you and I. And Steve Berkowitz, the award-winning producer is here with us as well, who worked with uh, Jeff Buckley in the early days. Great to have you here in the rubber room,
4: eh? Ugly Phil, it's nice to be here. Thank you.
1: I spoke to the other Steve about the material. This was going back to before Christmas, and he was going, you know, that time! I've had it here for ages, and it's been burning a hole in my drawer. I could hear him pulling out dat after dat in the background there. Well, those would have
4: been the absolute original ones that Steve Adabo in New York City at his studio Shelter Island House. And uh, after we recorded, he kept those masters, and we gave the exact dat copies to Sony, and Jeff had a set, and I had a set, and happy that we did these recordings with Jeff, and they were a means to an end for him to discover the direction that he wanted to go in, and uh, knew that there was a lot of good material on it, but they were really recorded as demos, that was the purpose of them, right? for him to uh, get over the trepidation of recording for the man at CBS, Sony Records, and to break the ice for himself to get used to recording more and to hopefully find a few things that he wanted to record and head towards his first album so that's really what the tapes were for they weren't meant to be released right. but Jeff only played in degrees of good, better and great so then now when we went back to them after Jeff's mom Mary Guibert and Darren Salmary who's a producer at Sony Legacy now pulled them out a year or two ago And started addressing them again. Yeah, they're really good. And an eclectic choice
1: of songs that he did here as well. Because I'm a huge fan of the Smiths. And to find that he'd done a couple of Smith songs.
4: Jeff had an incredible quiver to draw from of various arrows that, I mean, you can't say the names like Count Basie and Led Zeppelin, you know, usually in the same breath. But with him, it was all music and feeling and blues and soul and uplift and sorrow. It all was kind of a similar area to draw from. Fortunately, when Jeff would do the songs, he would internalize them and they would become Buckleyized, and they sound like him.
1: There is a great deal of melancholy about a lot of the material that I noticed that he liked to sing as well.
4: It's a good place to go and seek and pull out the blues and the soul that's in there. And he would gravitate towards songs, really, you know, whether it was Leonard Cohen or the Smiths or Dylan, you know, of really great, beautiful lyrics That he could then turn into the way that he played and use the dynamics he had to present those emotions. And one of the things that made his versions of them really special.
6: You're listening to the Rubber Room Podcast. And if you want to hear more of Ugly Phil and the Rubber Room, tune in 7 to 10 weeknights on Triple M.
1: So Jesse Finks, a guy who wrote a book called The Youngs, The Brothers Who Built AC/DC, and he's been reporting on his Facebook page that he'd heard a story that Brian Johnson from AC/DC didn't leave the band because of a hearing problem, but in fact was allegedly kicked to the curb. Is that right?
3: Yeah, look, this, this story came out of uh, Ohio. I actually know the journalist involved, and uh, he, he was reporting on a podcast that had been made by this guy called Jim Brewer, who is a friend of Brian Johnson, who had actually visited Brian Johnson at his home. This guy, Jim Brewer, had actually worked with Brian on a, a sort of an upcoming album, and uh, they apparently uh, are friends, and he reported that Brian had a very different story to the you know the press release that was put out by ACDC a few days ago yeah and that was that uh, his hearing condition wasn't as serious as it is made out to be that Brian actually wanted to finish the tour and that he was essentially left high and dry when the band announced that they were going to have a guest vocalist.
1: Wow and this is as a result of the hearing thing or do you think there might be other issues there?
3: Well, apparently, you know, Brian went to Angus and said, this is the situation, this is what my doctor, uh, you know, I think I can finish the tour, just, you know, give me some time to recuperate and we can continue. But uh, the next day, uh, the press release went out that they were going to get a guest vocalist. But, you know, I think the the interesting thing is, you know, what this sort of presents for ACDC is really an opportunity to keep the band going for another 10 years because if they can sort of bring in another singer and, and get the fans to accept another singer, there's no reason why certainly Angus Young couldn't go on playing for another 10 years, because sure. he's much younger than Brian.
1: Mind you, I spoke to Paul Cashmere the other day, and he'd written an article where he said, you know, look, there's so few original members from the band there now, mm. um, that maybe it's time for them to call it a day.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. You know, there's only one original member left, and as much as Angus Young is, you know, fantastic, he's he's not ACDC himself, and I think the true fans of the band, you know, realise that, and, and they want to see as many sort of original members as possible, and I think that the way that uh, certainly you know, Phil Rudd was treated uh, sort of left a with pretty um, a poor taste in a lot of people's mouths. And, and yeah. now we've possibly seen it again with buy.
1: Sure. All right. Good to talk to you, Jesse. Jesse there, the author of the book The Youngs, The Brothers Who Built ACDC. Mr. Inappropriate, please do
2: the introductions. I've heard some cultures in the world brush their teeth using ash. I like to goggle my own urine. In the rubber room, it's Ash. How are you, buddy? Feeling rubbery. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah. Is that
1: because of the heat or because of the weekend?
2: It's just because of you. Oh, good. Yeah. That's my flu. I've given it to everybody <laughs> yeah. in the whole building. I apologize that. Excellent.
1: Well, it's great to have you back. Uh, there was a period there where you took a hiatus, but then you realized you needed to get the band back together. Uh, yeah. Was it literally that kind of phone call?
2: No. Was, well, we kind of kept touring all the time. It's just we didn't actually record anything for like, well... A while, well, in the format of an album, we did a lot of singles over like in 2010, 2011. But yeah, it was just like then we decided we'll change our mind and make an album. Yeah,
1: and Tim was also you were doing your solo album as well, which was a uh, you know very yeah. personal thing for him as well. We were like.
3: He said to Mark, "Yeah, yeah we. I we really
1: need to do this." And we we're like, "Of course, yeah. Did you buy his solo album? <laughs> of course,
2: I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheap
1: bastard. Still wouldn't give you a free one. Yeah.
2: How's the tour going? Great. Yeah, we've done uh, Melbourne and Sydney so far, and having a great time. It's, you know, so good to be back. Of course. Well, yeah, when was the
1: last time you toured? Ta- you toured the, the album, I think. Yeah, uh, in its entirety. Yeah. yeah, it was
2: 2013. So it was. Yeah, it was like the summer of that year. Well, your winter. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But a great so, yeah. response,
2: especially in that the UK, amazing. with the latest album as well. Yeah. yeah 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 we're rocking it yeah so and it's great live as well the new stuff's like awesome in the set brilliant great to have you here thank you thanks cheers
1: there's a couple of things i love in life
2: i love amazing facts
1: and i also love new inventions which is why i'm happy to talk to jason who's on the phone from the uk because when i die he's going to turn me into a record
0: how does it work jason well what we offer is that we will press cremated person's remains into a record or up to 30 records or or more if they like and for them to record you know their last will and testament something that that means something to them their spoken voice music that they may may have written or might like recordings of a sort of environment that they like
1: so if your uncle gets cremated uh, and he's written yeah. a song or whatever you will cremate him you'll press him into a record you'll record his song and his song will be on the record which is made out of his ashes
0: absolutely he's in there yeah somebody yeah. for
1: example might like An Iron Maiden record, could you cremate their ashes and then turn them into an Iron Maiden vinyl record?
0: You have to be careful with that, you have to either get permission, you have to make it clear to the person that um, it's for their personal use, it's not for public broadcast and all the rest of it, but these things can be got around, but yes, in principle you can.
1: Could I get cremated and then turn me into a record and the record could be one of my radio shows?
0: Absolutely, that'll be brilliant (laughs) and perfect, yeah. You could even put closed loops at the end, which means you keep going forever. (sighs) One of your jingles you could annoy people with forever on a closed loop. And so how much does it cost? The basic sort of package is... Two thousand pounds. There's all sorts of different sort of things you can do. For example, um, one of the things we offer is that um, a friend of mine, who I've shared studios with for many years, is a painter. who has a painting in the National Portrait Gallery, yeah. and he will paint your uh, portrait with you inside it on the album so cover. Yeah, you can be. You can even be in your own face. Wow, could I be a picture disc? I've never done one myself. Right. I, I don't see why not. Okay. I, there's, there's no reason why not, but that would be an extra. Christ, I wish I was dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. There's something to look forward to, isn't it? What's the website, Jason? www.andvinely.com Don't want to be hearing from you too soon, but when the time comes, I'll be uh, quite happy to get on with it. Well,
1: well, no, I can't wait. Gee... If there's one thing I love more than anything else, it's when people tell me a fact and I go, Get the f*** out of here! And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I was talking to some friends and they were in a hotel room and they were smoking cigarettes. And so they decided to spray the air freshener. Here's something you may not know. Air freshener, too much of it, can set off the smoke detector. Get the f*** out of here! Hey, take that and take it to the pub.
6: Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, why? Wow, what have you got? Okay, the average woman uses her height in lipstick every five years. Get the
1: f*** out of here. Really? Wow. But I know I'm not in the minority when I love an amazing fact. When you tell me something... It just blows me away. What is it? Good mate, yourself? I'm okay.
0: Did you know that beer and cannabis are related? Get the f out of
3: here! Hops come from the same family as cannabis. Get the f out of here!
0: Cheers Phil.
1: Hey Cash!
0: Well did you know that people who curse a lot more are better in bed than those who
1: don't? Get the f- out of here! That makes me Einstein! Yeah,
0: yeah mate! <laughs>
1: Dave, I'm ready to both be enlightened and blown away by you.
0: During winter Australia has, on average, more cover of snow than Switzerland. Get the f*** out of here. No worries, Phil
6: You got more? I, I'm so shocked by those comments. I actually just spilled my coffee on <laughs> my computer. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. Ah. You're listening to The Rubber Room Podcast. And if you want to hear more of Ugly Phil and The Rubber Room, tune in 7 to 10 weeknights on Triple M. Hey, Gazzo. i got to tell you, DMAs are currently the biggest Australian export. It's a fact. Yep. They are the biggest music industry export we have at the moment. Not only Stephen Colbert's show, The Late Show, Spot With Them. They've been confirmed for South by Southwest, which is currently going on in Austin, Texas. They've got Coachella. They are nailing it on Radio 1 in the UK. Um, I had a friend who's doing tour merch selling on their UK tour sold out every night on merch. I mean, they are killing it at the moment. And they're just three kids from Newtown who started making music in their bedroom. I mean, we've got to be so proud of these guys. I am
1: very proud of them. You know, they're one of my favorite bands. You know, I love Lay Down. You know, a couple of months ago and I was lying Lay on my couch. Down. That's it. I was laying on my couch. I was very drunk after a big night out, listening to that song over and over on repeat fuming that they weren't bigger and actually thinking I'm going to ring Michael Godinski first thing Monday and tell him.
6: <laughs> I actually did speak to Godinski on the weekend oh, and did you? he was incredibly proud of DMA. Well, so he
1: should be probably wouldn't have been proud of me if I'd given him a phone call. 2016 celebrates 25 years since the release of the Baby Animals iconic self-titled album They're here as our rubber band tonight They've got the new album out BA25 due to be released via Liberation Music on May 20. Mr. Inappropriate, please do the introductions.
2: I've got a baby animal in a cardboard box under my bed. It's the Tasmanian beaver that cleans itself just like a cat with its tongue that has a very coarse surface. I think it's a self-licking beaver. Really? Here in the Rubber Room, the baby animals.
5: This is a little old one with one word, one, word, one letter, one
1: Happy 25th anniversary! Is that the time already? 25 years? Dude, that went quick.
5: Yeah, I know. Gosh, it seems just like yesterday.
1: So, when did this really all start for you?
5: Kind of began when I met John Woodruff, I think, probably back in London in '89 or something like that. And then, him and I had this plan to get me back to Australia. And then, with his help, we started looking at different players because I knew I wanted to be in a band. And then, I called up Frank, guy I'd played with before, and he said, suggested Eddie and then we auditioned for guitar players and Dave came along and then that was the beginning of it all, it was just like that, the four of us we just gelled and we worked pretty solid
1: Yeah,
5: um, pretty much every day, writing and uh, demoing and gigging, but the first gig was actually a, at the Cardoma wasn't it? Mm. All it right. was,
4: September 89, I think, something like that
5: Yeah, and then Baby Animals was it. It was like, friggin', that was serious.
1: Wow. And so when did you realise how good the first album actually
2: was?
5: Uh, Well, actually, we got asked this question yesterday, and I think probably when we started recording with uh, Mike Chapman, because before that we were just, you know, really kind of working the songs, demoing them, changing them, playing them in, you know, we were doing a lot of that back and forth kind of stuff. When we actually got in the studio in New York... Yeah. And started recording at Bearsville in Woodstock. I think that was when I, I felt like oh, Mike Chapman was on board, and obviously he's not going to just work on any kind of old crap. reasonably <laughs> yeah, good track record at that <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was pretty much. Um, when we felt like pretty strong about the record, but you know, it's it, you still never know. You just don't know. We yeah. just loved what we were doing. We were very fortunate, you know.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming in. I'll let you set up, and you can play live. And we're looking forward to seeing you on the 25th anniversary tour. Yeah, thanks. Can't wait. Okay, so it's a uh, Melbourne Forum Theatre, May 21. Uh, two shows. The other one being at Sydney's Enmore Theatre on May 28 as well. The new album is called BA25, celebrating the 25 years of Baby Animals. That's out of, via Liberation Music on May 20. Live from New York City, it's Peter Kane, the Dog Man. How are you, Peter?
2: I'm doing real good, Phil. What's going on with you?
1: I notice that you don't like people petting your dog, and you know what? I'm guilty of this. If I see a dog in the street, I'm a habitual petter. I go down, I want to give it a want to kiss, I want to, you know. Is, is that a good thing to pet other people's dogs or not?
2: That's a bad thing. If you're a stranger, you know, you're just a friend in the peripheral. It's not a good thing, and the reason why it's not a good thing is that what, what you're doing is you're conditioning the dog to be excited. Right. Especially if it's a stranger, you might even be conditioning the dog to be fearful. It's not a good thing. Nobody should be petting anybody's dogs out on the street. It just conditions them to, to be excited, and on the outside chance that the dog bites somebody, it's a mark against the dog. Better to just leave everybody's dogs alone. Don't make a lot of eye contact with the dog. Don't encourage excitement in any form. Just leave everybody's dogs alone, and that way the dog will say safe. You know, you really, you should leave everybody's dogs alone. It's not a good idea. You should just leave it alone and keep walking.
1: Is there a caveat to that, though? If the dog comes up to you while you're walking past and it's wagging its tail and it's trying to say hello to you, same thing?
2: Do not pet the dog. Even if the dog owner, the person that has the dog, is telling you, oh, it's okay, they don't know any better. It's like this common misconception that this is socializing a dog or something. That's not the way it's supposed to take place, one of the worst things that you can do is somebody walks up to your dog and then the dog jumps on them and the dog owner will say, oh, I'm sorry or something, and the person that's the dog's jumping on, will say, no, I love dogs, and then they'll start petting the dog. When they're petting the dog, they're conditioning the dog to jump. That's not a good thing. Dogs do this. They bark, lunch and fight, and they do that in that order. You're giving the dog something. You're telling the dog that it's effective what it's doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does,
1: but what about close
2: family, friends, that sort of thing? Can they pet the dog? If the dog is excited, nobody should be petting the dog, and don't say the dog's name. Really? You're just conditioning the dog to be excited when it hears its name. Remember, the dog's name is meaningless to the dog. It is absolutely meaningless. It means nothing. We use the dog's name to get the dog's attention. That's it. They don't have an ego. My dog Ike, if there were two Ikes in the area and you're trying to interact with both of them, it just confused them. So, so does the
1: dog react to the intonation of the sound of its name then?
2: Yes, we just use the dog's name to get the dog's attention. That's all it is. You know, your dog's name could be Cheddar Cheese. It wouldn't matter. Okay. It's absolutely meaningless, but it, it really is. It's important that everybody just doesn't condition the dog to be excited, and that, that's a problem.
1: What's the website? Tell everybody where they can find you.
2: Peter Kane Dog Training on YouTube is the best place to find me.
1: Good to talk to you again, man. Have a good uh, and safe pre-election.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, Bill.
1: I'll talk to you later. Do you know one of the greatest things about this gig is being able to come into work every day and give you stuff that I know that you absolutely want. Mr. Inappropriate? Some people
2: think I'm disturbed. I'm not. However, I do like to disturb my neighbors by knocking on their door and asking them if I can have a bath in their house. Here's David from Disturbed in the Rubber Room.
4: This is exactly what the music was meant to do, is to transcend your normal world to making more than what you are feel powerful, feel invincible, feel indestructible. Phil O'Neill
6: from Triple M Rubber Room, you're now in an interview with David Draymond. Go ahead, please. Hey, David, how are you, man?
3: Good, yourself?
6: Last
1: time we had a chat, I talked to you about Land of Confusion, and you said to me, hey, have a listen to Sound of Silence. And I said I will, and you said you'll be really surprised with what we've done with it. I did. Not something that I would have expected, that kind of arrangement. You've really given a completely different feel, haven't you?
4: Yeah, we definitely pushed the envelope, you know. We all tried to make it an homage to the original, yet still bring a number of new elements to it, and try and make it fresh, and in honouring the original songwriters. So, it was definitely challenging, and uh, we're very, very happy with how well it's been received, and we're excited to play it every night that we have the opportunity to.
1: Every time we play it, people are just ringing up going, that was fantastic. It really stands out. It's really it wonderful. I've got one guy who rang me up the other day who just rang up and couldn't stop raving about the song. If I add you on for a sec, could he just say hello to you? Sure. Hey Gene Yes mate You know the other day You rang up Triple M When you heard Disturbed Sound of Silence Yes
3: I think it's fantastic That's the way I sing it When I'm singing along When I hear it on the radio <laughs> suddenly some dude From an actual band Has done it
1: Well that's right In fact the guy that sang it Is on the phone right now David from Disturbed no, Tell him how much You liked this song Because you rang up And told us
3: Mate that
1: was An you, amazing Jim? rendition Of that mate I appreciate you Thanks. doing What we all do To our car steering wheels When we hear The original version On the radio That's how it should have been done you know but that's not
0: the kind
1: of I appreciate that i watched the video clip on youtube the other night as well
4: brilliant <laughs> much respect brother thank you <laughs>
1: last time i saw you i think back in 2010 it may have been and i was caught up in the moment before you knew it i had a beer in one hand and i'm fist pumping with the other you know but I, mean, I can't wait to do that again
4: well i'm glad that it was that it was mission accomplished yeah. <laughs> It made you feel that
1: way <laughs> thanks man take care bye-bye.
4: bye-bye
1: she can see dead people it's great to have you here
6: thanks for having me
1: when you go out and when you see new countries, what's the first thing you see? The people from the other side or the architecture?
6: The architecture. Oh, good. Okay. I'll have to check, you know. like. No, well, I mean, how can you miss the opera house, really? Yeah. Do you
1: ever land in a country and you go, oh, there's an old face from uh, the other side?
6: No, I don't even want to look at them at that point. <laughs> I get off a plane, I'm like, oh my God, where's my bed? Yeah. Because
1: I'm going to ask you a lot of stupid and ignorant things because essentially that's me. Can you switch off?
6: Oh, absolutely. Because right. otherwise I think I'd be six foot under with them. Yeah. Seriously. Because I, I switch it off. Because yeah. honestly, it's like walking past a tree. You don't want to see the trees all the time, you don't notice the colour e car all the time. And I just ignore them.
1: I imagine you see and meet a lot of desperate souls.
6: I do. And they're normally the living they're right. normally the living because they're okay. desperate to communicate with their loved ones they're desperate for answers and that's when the responsibility and the desperation kind of gets to me a little bit of course. because you know it's hard work and, yeah. and i don't want to take that responsibility but then also i want to give them the help and the comfort mm. so it's kind of a vicious circle that you get into
1: i can totally relate people ring me up on the request line looking for a song and like i can't help you out you know so we have sort of yeah. parallels so, you know, yeah exactly <laughs> do you see things around people and you go Someone's trying to communicate with you?
6: Well, what's interesting... Okay, so as we're talking here, I don't see anyone particular. Right. But I see circumstances in your life.
1: Do you sometimes see bad things?
6: Yeah, of course. But you don't tell people that? No, I do. Oh, okay. And so I say to people, do you want to know everything? Because if I see something, I'm not going to not say it. Yeah. Because... And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because sometimes... You can, if you see it, you can actually help the situation and prevent it. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now I'm going to ask you a very important question. Okay. And it has to do with my ratings. Do they look good? <laughs>
6: <laughs> you know, on, forget on. the life, death, oh, birth, all of that scenario for me. This. I'm seeing this. this slight incline. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's okay. Slight. It's, it's a Steady. Can you make it go up a bit quicker? Yeah. No, it's a steady incline. Oh, good. Okay. I like it. Brilliant. Sometimes you don't want to rush to the top because then you have a. And I'm in a hurry. Trust yeah. me. Drops. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've seen a lot of dead people usually here on ratings day. <laughs>
6: And what about in here? Can you see anybody in here? No, it's, sometimes you will get those energies and you will get those mm, ghost like yeah. things. But I don't tend to look at them. I'm like, hello. You are the
1: Oracle, aren't you? You've got it all going on here, you know? we are going to remake the Matrix and you're going to be there. Maybe not smoking a cigarette in this one, but anyway. No, not that one. <laughs> Am I going to live a long life?
6: I don't see you going anytime soon. Good, okay. So, yeah, you're all right. See,
1: I've got two important priorities. <laughs> will I die? But more important than that, will I rate? <laughs> I believe you're also doing workshops as well where yeah. people can learn about um, yeah. mediumship, uh, d- developing psychic ability, stuff like that. Yeah,
6: I think it's important because a lot of people want to develop when they've got this gift and they don't know where to go. Right. So I'm like, come with me. I'll take you under my wing. And so I do help them. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome
1: got the charlatans here as well. They're here with a few people that want to ask them some questions. Some people around the office who are all strangely English as well. How are you guys? Pretty good, thanks, yeah. It was incredible how excited people were to find out that you were here. Give them a round of
0: applause. Thank you very much.
1: Alright, Chris, you want to ask the first question?
0: Go over there. Hey guys, welcome to Australia. Thank good you very to see much, you. thanks, yeah. good to see you. Uh, I saw that you recently collaborated with Norman Cook on a remix of Trouble Understanding for Record Store Day. Uh, we have known Norman for a long time, and uh, we just recently played in Mexico, and uh, we're on the same flight, so I asked him if he'd do it then.
2: Cornered him for
0: seven, Really? Seven <laughs> Did hours? you? Got him into the corner of a room, and uh, uh, wouldn't, let, no wouldn't let him go. Yeah, <laughs> really? exactly. So it was good, you know, it's a different kind of thing for him, really, because I think he had to restrain himself from going into kind of heavy-on-the-beats yeah. thing.
1: Biega, your question here. She's the, another one, of your biggest fans <laughs> ever. And you may notice a pattern with a lot of the people that work <laughs> here. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> English.
2: Yeah, also, such a successful band. Going for 25 years, almost 20 albums. I always find it really interesting to ask the question, you know, what music are you listening to right now? You know, kind of what bands are you into?
0: I like the uh, Julia Holters record. Jim O'Rourke's new album. Dave, do you want to ask a question as well? Hi, Um The biggest difference between recording music now yeah. and back in the 90s as a musician uh tape and digital i suppose yeah. isn't it that's the biggest one um the process is pretty much the same for, for us i think
5: maybe a little quicker now because you don't have to wait uh, it's completely for, different for the tape different. to wind back yeah. Yeah. You you'll
1: have to you find that splice you, on the ground yeah or something yeah yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah Shit. that was definitely one
5: for, yeah.
0: of your life uh, by using digital
2: you may find this a bit disturbing he helped me
3: go no. the rubber room